Hey y'all, it's your host Jonah B and welcome back to another episode of True Crime-ish where we try to tell the crimes as true as possible around here. All right, y'all, I'm sick again. And for those of you who are wondering why I'm constantly sick, for one, shout out to you for caring. And for two, I have one word for you, education. I'm in the educational field, whatever. And for all of my people who are in education, you know exactly why I am constantly sick. And... (laughs) You know, it's partly my fault because, you know, since I've started my journey in education, I don't have time for anything else in life. You know, even for like the small things like taking my vitamins and I don't know, even having a glass of orange juice in the morning, you know, things to actually help my body. But, you know, (laughs) anyways, I'm working on my whole work life balance situation results to come. You know, I'm praying for all my educations. And, you know, speaking of education, let me educate y'all on my one suicide prevention tip. With National Suicide Prevention Week coming to an end and knowing how this is something that affects all, whether you are living in a mansion in Beverly Hills or the projects of Greenville, we have all had or have dealt with the thoughts of self-harm. And I need us all to realize, you know, even though as frightening and alone it may seem when we are having these thoughts, we are never alone. This is one matter that has no regard for race, gender, sexual preferences, income or, you know, which side of the town you grew up on. So if you are someone who may be having suicidal thoughts, the one tip I have for you is to talk. Talk to a friend, a family member, a suicide prevention phone line. Talk to me. Talk to anyone who you know will actually listen. Make sure to dial 988 if you do know or if you are someone who needs to speak to a suicide and crisis lifeline. Now, if you guys can bear with me through this episode, sounding how I sound, let's go ahead and get into it. The year of 1995 was a year of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Events occurred like OJ being found innocent and Playboy being made legal again and it's kind of hard to tell which one is the good or the bad but I do know what event was the ugly late that year in December a time where so many of us are preparing for the holidays taking our time wrapping so many unnecessary gifts one man will get wrapped into a murder where he would spend over two decades fighting the centuries-old saying Birds of a feather truly do flock together. In the wee morning hours on December 15, 1995, supposedly three guys got into it at the Midnight Special Bar in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. 
The bouncer kicked the three guys out before they could, you know, really get into the fight. So the last thing the bouncer saw was the three guys walking away from the bar. A few minutes later, the bouncer heard gunshots, so he called the police, you know, as a good citizen should. And once the police came, they found the body of a Tarajay Williams in the alley next to the bar. Tarajay was confirmed to be one of the three men who were trying to be violent in the bar. Tarajay had been shot with a sawed-off shotgun. Based on the testimony of Carla Brown, the detective's key witness who apparently saw everything go down that night. According to Carla, she was in the midnight special bar that same night and she saw our victim, Tarajay, getting into it with some other guys at the bar. She recognized one of the guys and knew him by name. She told the detectives they should be looking for Corey Walker. The police picked Walker up along with Lorenzo Johnson. The police knew that Walker and Johnson were friends and had been seen together more than often. And since there was a third perpetrator that night, someone who knew Corey Walker based on Carla's testimony, it just made sense to the officers that the third accomplice would be Lorenzo Johnson. When the police brought the two in for questioning, of course, they both denied knowing anything about a murder as I mean, I would, too. I don't know nothing. I ain't seen nothing. I ain't smelt nothing. I wasn't there. But anywho, Lorenzo said he was not even in Harrisburg that night. He claimed that he was in New York and multiple people could attest to that. His pleas felt on death ears because the... Did I just say deaf ears? I think the saying is deaf ears. I don't know. Y'all correct me. Maybe I would say his pleas fell on deaf ears because the detectives arrested both Corey and Lorenzo, labeling Corey Walker as the shooter and Lorenzo Johnson as his accomplice. Although they had no physical evidence at all that linked Lorenzo to the crime, the prosecution was ready to go ahead and take this case to trial. The two boys, and I call them boys since they were just 22 at the time, were tried together and charged with first degree murder and conspiracy to commit murder. The prosecution's case was mainly built on Carla Brown's testimony. The prosecution offered Lorenzo a plea deal that would land him only five years in prison if he testified against Corey. But Lorenzo did not accept the plea deal, maintaining that he was innocent of all charges. Hence, he deserved no jail time. So, since the prosecution could not sway Lorenzo, they had to stick with good old Carla. In addition to Carla identifying Corey, once she was shown pictures by detectives, she was able to, you know, pick Lorenzo out of a picture lineup and labeled him as the third person who was at the bar with Corey that night and the same guy who was on lookout, quote unquote, in the alley once Corey shot Tarajay. And it's just, you know, crazy to me that, you know, they're just allowing Carla some random to watch them at the bar and also follow them to the alley and, you know, leave her alive, untouched. But anywho, 
Lorenzo Johnson had testimony on his behalf that verified his New York alibi. You know, the one that he said he was never in Harrisburg, so it could not be him. And also the bouncer and the bartender from the club that night confirmed that, yeah, Corey was at the club that night and he was one of the men that the bouncer tossed out. But the bouncer did not recall Lorenzo being there and testified to the fact in court. And that was all the jury needed to hear, I guess, because the trial was wrapped up fairly quickly. Both Johnson and Walker were sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole for the murder charge and five to 10 years for the conspiracy charge. So Corey Walker knew he did what he did. He had accepted his fate and is spending his life in prison. But Lorenzo Johnson said y'all had him messed up and he was hellbent on proving his innocence. In March 1997, Johnson filed a post-trial motion on insufficient evidence. It was denied by the judge. He then filed a direct appeal in 1998 on insufficient evidence but the conviction was affirmed and his appeal was denied as well in 1999 lorenzo johnson's supreme court petition was denied without any opinion he filed a pro se first pcra petition and filed a second pcra petition in 2002 based on after-discovered evidence. Both were denied. Every single door that Lorenzo tried to pry open to prove his innocence was slammed in his face every single time. It wasn't until 2009 when the U.S. Third Circuit Court of Appeals was able to hear his case. With the assistance of attorney Michael Wiseman, they argue that due to insufficient evidence, Lorenzo's conviction should be vacated. So two years after that, a three-judge panel heard those arguments. They agreed, and on October 5, 2011, Lorenzo's conviction was finally vacated. Months later, on January 18, 2012, Lorenzo was released from SCI Camp Hill after serving 16 and a half years for a crime he didn't commit. This has to be the most bittersweet part of Lorenzo's journey, finally seeing freedom after all the miscarriages of justice he endured throughout his sentence, even though he was, you know, only released on bail. So we ain't just did too much just yet. But Lorenzo, he got out of prison and he went on to find work at a construction company. He began speaking about his wrongful conviction. He even got married. He got his driver's license and he was beginning to rebuild relationships. But y'all... I know y'all was thinking, oh, how sweet, way to go, justice. None of this was to last too long. One month after Lorenzo was released, the PA Attorney General filed a petition to overturn the court's decision. In March, the Supreme Court reversed the appeals court decision and reinstated Johnson's conviction. In an order published May 29, 2012, the justices wrote, and I quote, 
the approach taken by the Court of Appeals was flawed because it unduly impinged on the jury's role as fact finder. Also, that the evidence was sufficient to convict Johnson as an accomplice and a co-conspirator in the murder of Taraji Williams, unquote. This ultimately meant that after almost four months of freedom, Lorenzo was headed back to prison. So on June 14th, Lorenzo said his goodbyes to his loved ones and turned himself in, and back to prison he went. Soon after, Attorney Wiseman filed a petition under the Post-Conviction Relief Act, stating there was new evidence in the case and demanded for documents to be turned over. This meant that there was evidence for almost 20 years that all of Lorenzo's attorneys never had access to. Wiseman's team had also been in contact with witnesses who allegedly Harrisburg police detective Kevin Duffman threatened them or coerced them into giving false testimony. Teresa Thomas said Duffin had accused her of lying and threatened to charge her with perjury when she told him Lorenzo called her from New York. He also threatened to take her kids away, so she opted not to testify. And I can't even be mad at you. If some man in law enforcement uniform came up to me saying, hey, you're going to lose your kids trying to testify, I just might keep my mouth quiet too. Saquon Ripley Boyd, another witness, who said he was with Lorenzo and four other people, was told by Detective Duffin to be quote-unquote, more vague about the trip, or he would have Boyd's prison sentence lengthened and have him indicted on federal charges. Oh yeah, and Carla Brown, the OG witness, was just a drug addict who had motive to testify to get better treatment from the police. They discovered police had been hounding her for months until she finally gave them the version of the truth they wanted. So y'all get what I'm giving. No one was really there to see the murder. The new evidence also contained multiple instances of unconstitutional conduct from the police and the prosecution. Wiseman stated, these affidavits constitute newly discovered evidence. They make clear that the Commonwealth withheld from Mr. Johnson's evidence that would have been demonstrated his innocence would have destroyed the credibility of the already highly suspect primary witness against him and would have unquestionably changed the outcome of the trial. And with that, Lorenzo's fate was handed back into the hands of the very system he thought he had proved his innocence to. For years, the prosecution played back and forth with Lorenzo's case. It wasn't until July of 2017 when Lorenzo agreed to a plea deal in which his original first-degree murder conviction and life in prison term was vacated. In exchange, Lorenzo would have to plead no contest to the charges of third-degree murder and conspiracy. FYI, no contest is not an admission of guilt. 
It just means that the defendant isn't contesting the charges. Senior Judge Lawrence F. Clarence Jr. accepted the plea and sentenced Lorenzo to 10 to 20 years. And because Lorenzo's time served, he was released on parole and free yet again. So I guess a win is a win. In total, Lorenzo spent 22 years in prison for a crime that he never even committed. He was never even in town for. He was never even able to, you know, I don't know where I was going with that, but he ain't do it. Of course, I can't leave without sharing about the life of the victim, even if he was, you know, a little drug addict, drug seller person, his life still matter. Taraji Williams, and when I say I found nothing about this 44-year-old man whose life was taken away too soon, I found zero besides he was a cocaine addict and he sold cocaine. That's apparently all the media or the only thing the media cared about. But it's like they hid his life away and his only purpose was to serve as a name. This is why I think it's so important to get information about these cases out. They don't highlight us. And in turn, we can't highlight the victims of these horrible crimes. Taraji was a person with a story and no one felt that telling it was as important as telling Lorenzo's, which I mean, I feel you, my boy, but that's still completely untrue. As much as I wish that there was more information on Taraji, that would be me just wishing. All I know is that at this point, or at this point in the case, that is, we only have one person left in prison who is still facing the charges for murdering Tarajay. And based on the evidence provided, I honestly can't say if I know without a shadow of a doubt that he is the one who pulled that trigger that night. But all I know is that there was a life that was taken way too soon, and I hope that his family, Taraji's family, was able to mourn him properly and was able to move forward with having that absence in their life. After Lorenzo finally left prison for good, he commented on how he believes he was offered a raw deal because the police nor Pennsylvania's prosecution would own up to their mistakes. And with that mistake, Lorenzo has had to live with a felony on his record. A few years later, in 2019, Corey Walker took an identical plea deal in exchange for his own freedom. Quote, the person I feel bad for is William's mother, he said, unquote. Johnson said she'll never know who really killed her son. Lorenzo was grateful for the timing of his release, stating his mom passed four months after his release and he successfully beat colon cancer four months later. He said, and I quote, if I had still been in prison, I might be dead right now. They wouldn't have found it, end quote, it being the cancer. Since then, Lorenzo began working for Travelers Leaders Group, a high-end travel consulting firm based in New York. He's been working on a book and speaking at places like Harvard University. As for Mr. Corey Walker, he's acclimating to life on the outside pretty well with his family. As for Lorenzo, he said, He's going straight forward. I don't hate anybody, he said, but I'm highly disappointed in the criminal justice system. 
there was a lot of corruption, they got away with an arcade. And the wheels of justice just continue to turn slowly. When someone tries to prove their innocence, it's common knowledge that prosecutors and police are sometimes so blinded by the suspect in front of them that they miss the real part behind them. I think that's what happened in this case. And it didn't help the fact that their star witness wasn't even a witness at all. Taraji's life mattered to his loved ones. And the fact that now no one truly knows who killed him is the ultimate loss in my book. That's not saying Lorenzo's time loss doesn't equate the same, but he will never be able to relive his life. And neither will Taraji or Corey. Everybody lost in this end, and it's hard to truly know who lost the greatest. All I really do know is that Lorenzo all got wrapped into this because the police were thinking that, you know, birds of a feather always flock together. But who is to say that that's really true? And that is the conclusion of this episode. I know I don't say it enough, but I'm super thankful to have every single one of you tuning in every single week. If you're really feeling what I'm doing here, make sure to subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to True Crimeish on. Comment, let me know if you agreed or disagreed with something that I said. If I said something all the way wrong, because I am from the South, I tend to be very, very slow with my speech working on that. I want to hear from y'all. I'm doing this not only because this is my like relief, my anxiety relief. I love talking to y'all, but because I want to make sure that you're actually getting something out of this. And, you know, if you're liking what I'm doing, let me know. Subscribe, tune in to our Instagram, follow us at True Crime ish on insta also send me an email if you have any case suggestions want to chat with me i ain't got no friends y'all my friends so you know hit me up um i can be reached at truecrimeish at gmail.com so i hope you guys are enjoying the rest of your monday and i'm probably gonna cut the rest of that off anyway bye